God is our refuge and strength. It's on the cover there, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. That's a declaration. Even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, God indeed is our refuge and strength. And Psalm 91 talks about that. And people say, well, where is God? Well, God was the same place he was before the hurricane, you know. But, but they're asking those questions, not like somehow did God go on vacation, but yet they're, they're, they're asking those things and saying, what do these things mean? And those are good things. When people ask those, those are good opportunities to, to converse and to talk about. We know from our study in Jonah that God certainly controls the elements of weather, doesn't he? Jonah 1 4, it says, and, and God sent a great storm, a great wind, you know, to come against Jonah when he got on that boat. Uh, God is certainly active in the elements and the storm. Psalm 147, and just these aren't in your screen, there'll be some later. It says, Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Psalm 147, 7. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praises on the harp to our God who covers the heavens with clouds, who prepares rain for the earth who makes grass to grow on the mountains. Weather in the Bible uh, is certainly something that is clearly that God is in control of. Now, there are passages that we see where even God utilizes weather. People say, is this a judgment against America? I don't know. You know, again, we get kind of goofy when we start going down those roads. because. But yet, the Bible does talk about uh, judgment that God will have has used weather and elements of storms and think about Elijah. Remember Elijah in the Bible that the, James says about Elijah in the Old Testament how Elijah prayed and the Lord withheld rain for three and a half years. So in a, in a world and a culture that was agriculture whose very livelihood depended on growth and, and those things, that was a severe judgment with no rain for three and a half years. And so we see examples of that. There's examples in Revelation about um, in the uh, whether it's during, before, after. We'll let theologians way smarter than me figure that out. But there certainly is an element in the return of Christ in which the weather and the scorching sun that God will use these elements as uh, judgment, even hail from heaven, uh, Revelation 16 talks about. So, so all it's saying is, yes, there are examples in which severe weather is, is used by God as part of judgment and, and those type of things. And whether how Hurricane Irma fits in that, I, I don't have a clue and won't even speculate. But I do know this. I think this is safe ground. In Romans chapter 8, we love Romans chapter 8, but we oftentimes might neglect, uh, you know, one portion of that around verse 20 where it talks about how creation is affected by the fall, by the sinfulness of humankind. And it speaks about how uh, anticipating the coming of Christ, how creation will be set free, this is verse 20, set free from the bondage of decay. So, creation, the earth, is affected by the sinfulness, by the fall of humankind. And so with that, all the elements of earth and science and creation are, are affected by those things. And certainly uh, those things, I believe, in the perfect new heaven and new earth will not be part of that uh, creation uh, element. But I just find that interesting sometimes to look at that, Romans 8, tucked away in that wonderful chapter. It talks about how creation groans 
think about creation groans that the earth anticipates the the being set free from this bondage of decay. I mean, that's an inter- that's a that's that's an interesting phrase, isn't it? To think about how this earth and creation and the elements and the atmosphere and all those things are involved with that. Uh, Jesus in uh, Luke twenty one talked about about signs and the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth the distress of nations, and how it says men's hearts, again, talking about his signs of his return, how men's hearts will fail them with fear and expectation about how the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And so all I'm saying is those are certainly biblical things, but we don't know how this, if this does, and we're not going to go there. But what we do know is creation needs redemption, and that's the new heaven. It's not a renovation of the old earth, is it? It's a new heaven and a new earth that Jesus will rule and reign in. But what's important is for us to keep in mind is that God is never on vacation. He's never silent. He is active, active in his creation and active among his creatures. He's never silent. And the question is, are we listening to what he's saying? Now, again, this isn't some mystical message. It's just saying, okay, we've, you know, we've been grateful and we've been through the, this, this hurricane and we will go through more hurricanes, right? I mean, if you live in Florida, you live around the coast, you're going to deal with this. There's not too many places you can live that you're not going to deal with something. Let's all move to Southern California. Nothing happens there. Earthquakes, fires, okay, well, let's move to Oklahoma in the Midwest. Tornadoes. I mean, I mean you know, we uh, lived for uh, several years uh, near the Mississippi there in St. Louis. And downtown Alton, which is just on the Illinois side of the Mississippi, massive flooding when that river rose, and, and they've been through some really tough, and businesses that just, you can still, even after years, you can still see the water stain line at some restaurants in downtown Alton. So the point is, is that uh, these things, weather and all these effects do happen to a lot of us wherever we live. But God is active in our lives. He's active in creation. And are we paying attention? And this morning, just in the time we have, just very briefly, I just wanted you to consider among many, and I'm sure you could add to this list, but I just thought of five lessons to consider from Hurricane Irma. Some of these are quite obvious, but just to help us process this a little bit on this Lord's Day. Number one, one, the first lesson, and we've kind of heard this, is that some things are beyond our control. I mentioned watching... Brother Paul Del, Delegato on TV. <laughs> I don't know if he's, he's a brother. I don't know. He's not, he seemed like a good guy. But I was watching that map. Listen, I've watched so much maps. I don't even want to look at a Google map to get somewhere, you know? I mean, my brain is seared by watching that map and that, that you know, that, that hurricane. And you're like, well, it, it, it seems to be going a little more east. And then you feel guilty, like wishing you're tragedy on Orlando or Jacksonville or St. August, you know, and you're thinking like, well, you know, that doesn't feel right. And, and, you're, and then you're like, oh, it's going out to the Gulf. Well, 
do we want Houston and the, and the Gulf cities? To, I mean, we don't want that. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's over Polk County. It's Armageddon, the end of the world, you know? I mean, you just like, when you see that thing coming and you're like, it's coming towards us. It ain't just coming towards us. It's going to be over us, right? I mean, we, you just have that sense. And looking at that map, I, I was sitting there, you know, like probably you did, you know, many times on the edge of the couch, just watching this, watching and trying to. And I told Sherry, I said, you know, there is nothing we can do. I mean, you know, we talk about Kim Jong-un in North Korea, and we're working out strategies, and we'll just do that, you know. And I mean, or there's some issue going on in the government, the budget, or whatever, you know, and there's, you know, there's things we can control. I mean, it, nothing we can do. We can send the Army, Navy, Air Force, Coast Guard, Marines. We can send them all. Ain't nothing they can do. We can't bomb that thing away. Our nuclear arsenal, we can't. We just are not in control. And that sometimes is a reality check that we need to be reminded of. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 20, verse 6, he should be on the screen. Our Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Daniel 4.35, all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He, God, does according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? Some things we just, we have no control over. Second lesson is learning from Hurricane Irma is this. We focus on what is truly important. Uh, if you had to go to a shelter, we're considering going to a shelter, you know, like us, you begin to, one year in denial, right? Uh, yeah, that's not going to, then all of a sudden you get, well, maybe I better go and get that birth certificate and the passports, you know, and get those, maybe I need to get that stuff together, right? And begin to put that together. And, you know, I said, well, let's just, you know, make sure all the laundry's done, you know, so if we have to pack a bag and do all that, you know, we, you know, we're not running around. Hey, where's my son? You know, I don't want to share my home to you, but anyway, we don't have those issues, do we? <laughs> all right, now I'm in trouble, right? No. But you know what I'm saying? You, you, you think, you prepare, and, and you think, well, you take a bag, and of course, if you have dogs, oh my goodness, you know, that's a whole other ordeal, worrying about them, thinking about them, what shelters take dogs, and and the thing about it is, you, you, you get really focused on what is essential that you need if you had to leave. I have a bachelor's degree and a master's degree, and one, one of them is on my wall in my office here, and one of them is on my wall in the office at the home. Not once did I ever think I need to grab those diplomas and pack them. Never even thought about it. It was not essential. Did you want to figure out how we're going to save the flat screen TV and drag that into Lake Gibson High School or wherever it is you're going? Huh? All the stuff. All the stuff. Right? That we work hard and stress. It really just gets us down to real 
simple focus of what's really important. Obviously, family safety, our safety, um, you know, what's important? Now, there's not an easy verse in this. I thought of a couple of these that maybe just kind of in a general sense. I thought of, even though it's probably a little bit, it's out of context, but I think it fits maybe here in Luke twelve thirty four. It says, for where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. What's important? Psalm 90, 12, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Seek first the kingdom of God. I mean, those are all things that help us focus on what's really important in our lives. Paul wrote in Philippians, it's not on the screen, be anxious for nothing, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made, to know, be made known to God. Uh, the peace of God surpasses all understanding. will guard your hearts and minds. It's just... God, what, what's essential for my life? What, you know, what's really important that I have? Really gets down to what you can fill a little suitcase. Because they're not, they're not taking in, you know, you're not going to have to borrow hand trucks when you're going to late for the shelter. Can we get some of the guys that come unload my van? No. You can't carry it, you ain't, you ain't going to happen. Third lesson I believe that we can hear in... Hurricane Irma, and we've really, you've illustrated this so well, I won't belabor it, is opportunities to love our neighbor. You know, that's a great, you know, really that, you, you just, you just kind of handle that. It, it, it really has a way of just resetting ourselves from, you know, my issues to what can I do to help this person. Uh, it gave me opportunity, I think, probably that Saturday, maybe. You know, do you find it hard to even remember what day it was recently? I kept telling Sherry last night, now tomorrow is Sunday. Make sure we get up and get ready, you know. I mean, it's just like, what day is this? But it went over Saturday and have an opportunity because, you know, you see the neighbors outside, their garage is open, and uh, two of them across the street had just recently moved over there. gave me an opportunity to walk over there, introduce myself, and some some folks next door on each side, and it's like, and we just all were like, hey, if I have it and you need it, you got it. It was just that sense of, I didn't know their religious affiliation. I didn't know who they voted for. Didn't know any of that stuff. It was just, you know what, we're, we're here, and we're all in this, and if there's something I have you need, you got it. And and those of you who shared even here, is it, it has a way of, of getting our minds off ourselves. Thursday night, we had just, it was a last-minute opportunity, and many of you were able to come, and I realize not everybody can come, and we were able to help. Uh, and then you, afterwards, so I don't forget, we, um, in case if you need it, you're welcome to it, but you may still know some folks that may need some of this. We do have some extra water, and that'll be at the, the kitchen window that are in bags. And there's some boxes back there uh, of those emergency, I don't know what you call them, ready meals things. MREs, there you go. Sounds like a weapon, right? <laughs> ISIS, you know, we caught their MREs, you know, they were aimed at the, no. Um, so they're, they're back there, and I think there's how many to a box? 14, something like that. I don't see Debbie, but... 
they're, they're, they're there, and if you know of somebody that could use those, and I don't take them just because you think it's an older version of a hamburger helper and you don't want to make dinner, okay? That's really not what they're for. Uh, but if you need it, I mean, if you really need it, again, all the filet mignon boxes are gone. We took those early. So, but all this, that's, that's food. If you, don't, if you need it, you're welcome to take a box. But also, if you know somebody that could use it, uh, take it and use it as an opportunity to say, hey, I don't know if you could use this, but here's some water and here's a box of these and, and we just, we, our church had it's extra and we want to make sure you have these or whatever. It's a good excuse to go to that person and just, you know, it's a great excuse. Take advantage of it. Otherwise, we have to store them in the pantry. But no, they're there. They were, those were the emergency ones that were given. We gave out I don't know, there was probably, uh, I don't know how many. Is it, Robert, you, you remember how many of those boxes we had Thursday night? 90-something? I mean, it was, it was a lot. So there was a lot more. And those, I said, well, just put them in there and let our people have access to them. And again, there will be water available afterwards. The fourth lesson that I hope we're reminded of, and this is a little more negative, is this. Number four, and I, I'm going to skip that verse, so just go to yeah. The sinful heart of mankind is revealed. You say, well, now, whoa, well, what's that all about? What about all the looting? Show this picture. Did you read about this in Jacksonville? These two goofballs were trying to steal on a minivan. This wasn't in Kathleen. This was in Jacksonville, all right? Trust me. Would we have been surprised if that? No, we wouldn't. I mean, hey, I live here now almost three years. I, I'm, I'm part of it. Uh, but this is a light pole on top of, I know that's what's a little mini SUV, and there's these geniuses there. Of course, you know, no shirt, and, you know, that's always a sign. If you watch cops, they're always guilty because they're running around without shirts. Um, but there they are. Now, you can Google and see people running out with boxes of Nikes and but, you know, we laugh, we think, oh, that's crazy, but what does that illustrate about the heart of humankind? That when there is no law or restraint, the heart does what it is inclined to do. The unregenerate heart of what it's inclined to do. The Bible says in Romans 8, 7, The carnal mind, this is from the New Living Translation, the carnal mind is enmity or, 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 I'm sorry, I wrote it down differently here, the NLT, we'll read that one. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. Remember Judges 21-25 in those days? And this is repeated like four or five times in the book of Judges to show you the condition. In those days, Israel had no king. All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. That's the heart of humankind. It's the heart of that when there's restraint taken out. Remember years ago, if you remember or read about it, when the power outages in New York City and people just like immediately just went crazy. You know, and looting businesses and stealing and all that type of thing. It's a reminder to us. It's a reminder to us that man's heart is sinful. And you remove restraints of law. You remove those restraints. And the opportunity to act 
They weren't thieves because they were running out with eight boxes of Nikes that are all different sizes. I assume they didn't stop and, you know, try them on and all that. Get that metal thing, let me measure, you know, I don't know. They just, just something about stealing. They were thieves before they went in there. You're not a sinner because you commit sin. You commit sin because you're a sinner. And the last lesson is this, just one word. And we've already talked about that. Are you thankful this morning? Now, it's easy to be thankful for air conditioning and water and cable and internet, all those things we get. But, you know, many of you have had to deal with that. How many of you today still do not have power? Okay, okay, still. Some of you got it last night. Um, you know, it was a novelty for 24 hours. Then it moved into <laughs> whatever you want to stage of. of uh... But yet in the midst of that, I hope that we say, Lord, it just should remind us. I thought again about Jonah. We just finished up Jonah. Didn't spend a lot of time in this in chapter 4, this part. But you remember when uh, Jonah was outside the city of Nineveh? God allowed that great revival to take place, and he's outside the city of Nineveh, kind of wanting, wait, waiting to see what would get destroyed. He figured those evil people, God wasn't really going to spare them, and it was scorching hot, and God allowed a little plant uh, tree to grow up and provide him shade. Remember that? And what, what was his response? He was happy. He was thrilled. He was mad at God converting a bunch of pagans in a huge city of Nineveh. That irritated him. But he got excited and happy when he had the air conditioning back on. You know what God did? Pulled the plug on that tree. God, just like he called the storm out, the great fish, called the little tree to grow up overnight practically, or maybe an hour, who knows. And he ordained a little worm to eat away at that tree. And the tree was gone. And Jonah was back to being angry at God again. Man, I'm like Jonah. Are you like Jonah? Are you good at griping and complaining when things are well? Hallelujah. My God, he's an awesome God. Wait a minute, is the air on? It's a little hot in here. What's going on? Hey, come on. What's going on? Where is God? Now, we have those unique issues, I think, uh, here in America. But think about the folks in other geographical areas in which those are not issues. Just their children being alive in their huts or things that are probably... That shed on the other side of that wall and some of you are, is probably built and sturdier that we keep... I started to say junk. It's not junk. Stuff in. <laughs> that we need to keep it, you know. And by the way, that was the only thing that was damaged. A tree branch came and punctured a hole and, and uh, all my old sermons got ruined out there. Oh, sorry. Oh, you're so kind. Oh, y'all are cruel. Y'all are cruel people. You know you're going to pay for that. 
Next time at Bob Evans, I'm going to order. There you go. No, we, we little, and I tell you, I won't, but, uh, well, yeah, well, you know, call Regis, say, hey, can you take care of this? I mean, within an hour. And you guys, do, a lot of you did that stuff like that, so. Thankfulness. Are we thankful this morning? And I'll just conclude with this and whoever's going to close us and lead us. You remember after the days of 9-11? Remember uh, 9-11, 2001, September 11th, which, you know, just the anniversary uh, just last week. And you remember, I, I still remember this picture of uh, Congress out on the steps of the Capitol singing. I don't know what they were singing, Kumbaya, something, I don't know, whatever they were singing. Remember those pictures? And everybody was, Tom Daschle, who was a Senate majority leader, I mean, he was hugging Bush and George, you know, and they were just, everybody was just, there was a sense of, hey, this is something that's affected all of us. And and there was a sense of unity and camaraderie. And what, what happened that following Sunday? What happened in church attendance? Just went up. Now, today, churches are celebrating, I don't know, they're celebrating some marketing deal, Back to Church Sunday. We have Back to Church Sunday every week, in case you don't know. Okay? We, we do that every week. We don't just pull a Sunday out of the year. I mean, I'm not... But I mean, everybody was just, and there were, and you know, that, that, that was great, wasn't it? There was just a sense of our differences and our issues. And, you know, the shelter said, look, you come, we will not turn you away. I thought, wow, that's a good message the church ought to be broadcasting, right? You got pets, bring them. Nobody was asking, what's your skin tone? You go here, you go there. What political party are you a part of? Will you go to this? No, no, it was, you get here, and even some that couldn't get there but were dropped off. I mean, you come, we will take you. We will keep you safe. That could only last of all the stuff we got going on in our country and all the pettiness. But it really goes back to the fourth point. The heart of mankind, humankind, is sinful. It's selfish. It's self-centered. People need Jesus. And we say this cliche, but it is the only thing I know what to do. We need we need a revival in our own personal lives and we need revival in our local churches that will spill over to seeing communities and people know Christ. That's the only way our culture and society can be changed. It listen, we've learned the lessons we, you you vote this guy in it's usually just more of the same, right? Maybe a little different window dressing, but what brings real change? You take a guy that was a drug dealer, and Jesus gets a hold of his life. He's not a drug dealer anymore. He wants to get people high on something more eternal, to know Jesus. And so, people need the Lord. Remember that song Steve Green sang? People need the Lord. So, thankfulness. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to close with this wonderful hymn that seems appropriate. That's the impetus of the cover. It is well with my soul. And let this just be a 
word of thanksgiving to the Lord this morning that it is well with my soul. And it isn't well with my soul because my air conditioning is working at full throttle. I didn't have to throw out meat and stuff in my, you know, all those things you, you heard the governor say. I thought this was so good. All your stuff can be replaced. But you can't. Your family can't. Take. Don't be worrying about. Now, I know there's mementos and all that. And we, But you can buy another coffee pot. You can buy another micro. I mean, those things, you just, it is stuff. But, Lord, we're thankful this morning that you watched over us. And I pray that. I think, well, how would I, how would I approach this message if I was pastoring, say, down in Naples or Fort Myers? Uh, probably very similar. Those are truths that are anchors regardless of the circumstance. Now, sometimes those truths are harder, harder, right? To grasp hold of. It's hard to say it as well with my soul. The man that wrote this hymn wrote it as a result of his family drowning because of a ship that sank. And later when he was passing over that very place where his family was on that ship, either coming or going from America, God gave him these words. He asked the captain to let him know when that ship passed over the area. And these were the result, these were the words. Now a man or a woman doesn't say these words it is well with my soul. Oh, you can say them. Just like Paul can say in Philippians about rejoice in the Lord always, right? But he was in jail. It's not a happy-go-lucky, hey, everything's wonderful and fine. No, it's a, it's a joy that only you can have when Jesus Christ is Lord and Master of your life. Jesus never said, hey, life, you come to me, life's going to be easy. Truth is, it probably gets worse in some situations, I say worse. I mean, it gets more challenging. Family might reject you. Friends might reject you. Your allegiances went from one team to the other. And that team doesn't like losing its players too often. Let's sing this song and sing it unto the Lord. Sing it with loud voices. There's no, you don't want me singing. I make a joyful noise. That's about it. But sing unto the Lord this morning. Can we do that? Let's sing it.